Still, we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. I just smoked a buck. I smoked a fork. Oh my god, my first year. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. We are sitting here, all four of us again together, which is uh, kind of wild to me because that's two times in a row. Two times in a row. Two times in a row. We got Ryan, Timmy, and Brandon, and myself. Yep. What's up, guys? And the dog. And the duck dog. And Modelo. And Modelo and White Claw. You guys are lucky. God damn, I just admitted I'm drinking a White Claw. This seems podcast. to be a thing. We drink you can, White Claws. you can edit that out. Dude, yeah. you know what's funny, man, is is dudes were like, oh, fuck White Claws. I ain't drinking those. And I'm like, why not? They're great. You know, and I've been drinking them forever. You know, and my old man still to this day talks shit to me. And then all of a sudden I see him with a fucking claw. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing, dude? You fucking bash me left and right. But you, he's like, oh, I'm just hard up. You know? Like, okay. Your dad's funny, dude. I, I have cool to drink shit. beer. I have to drink the calories. Otherwise, I get yeah. too skinny. You're going to thin up, dude. Yeah. Fuck. What it is, you need to start eating like shit, like me. <laughs> Gain some weight. And then you turn that weight into that fucking swollenness. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, the thing is, is, Timmy eats nothing but peak refuel. You mentioned in the last po- podcast. Yeah, pretty so. much. You eat a lot of that? In the mountains? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I thought you were talking about like just an every day. Oh, yeah. No, I take them for lunch. <laughs> Breakfast yeah. with all that elk in the freezer. That's all he eats. No, no. If we've we've put down like oh, twenty five pounds of elk already. Oh really? Oh yeah. You've been tearing it up. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, dude. So good. Fuck. It's candy. Jeez. No <laughs> shit. Dead serious. Like well, it, Brian just asked me. He's like, "How are you going to fit Carly's deer in your freezer?" And I'm like, "Well, we've already put down twenty five pounds. It's it's opening up." I wish I killed animals. Me too, man. I'm not going to talk about the way my season's been going, <laughs> but as as of now, you know, I wish I could say I had fucking elk in the freezer too. Dude, you had a once in a lifetime tag. I know. I think we need to hear the story. Kicked me right in the teeth. This is not any over the counter. It's not over the counter. No, it's no, no. It was it was a limited entry. Utah tag, dude. It takes people years and years and years to draw this stuff, and I was just super fortunate to draw it on. I think I had three tags or three points. I remember you called me, dude. And I'm like, oh, you had sent me the message and you had just got off the plane. Yeah. And I start blowing. I'm like, oh my, I'm driving, yeah. I'm shaking and shit. Yeah. The way it all happened was like, <laughs> I mean, I've had numerous conversations with certain individuals and it's like, why are you going to apply for it? You're not going to get it. Just do points. And it's like, if you have any desire to hunt any limited entry unit and you have your heart set on a particular, a particular one, you should always just apply for it. Cause if you don't get it, you're going to get your point. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is a prime example of why you apply for them. Yeah. Cause you never know. Right, I mean, even if the odds are minuscule, like 0.1%, dude, there's still a fucking chance. I think you have more of a chance being a random draw now than you have just because of point creep. And I think I got the random tag. I do. That's what I think happened. Um, But either way, I ended up with that tag. I was coming back from Michigan, and I had actually already had my season basically planned out. Like, we were going to do some messing around in California with my points. I was going to try to get a rifle tag out of Utah you know, for, for deer. And I was going to go down and go hunt some coos deer down in Arizona and then, you know, maybe go back to Michigan. But I had just shot a Turkey. I want to say it was that day, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, it was that you, day. You were wearing that mohawk. Yeah. I had the hawk, dude. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I shot a Turkey in the morning and I had to fly out at like four and it was super cool. It was like, it was an <laughs> awesome thing. You know, I'm like, Oh hell yeah. It was the last day. Wasn't able to get it done. And finally fucking whacked a Turkey. Thanks to my cousin, Ryan. What, what did you say he was like? You compared him to somebody. Oh, Michael Waddell. Bone collector. Yeah. Him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, my, dude, I'm telling you my cousin, Ryan, dude, the guy's like fucking genius on a slate call. Matter of yeah. fact, I ended up for, for getting me on that bird. I ended up uh, buying a fly down custom call 
you know, and sending yeah. it out to him. And he's like, oh, wow, like are nice. some badass, like mahogany oak, cherry wood thing, you know. It was just awesome. To me, I was like, I wouldn't even want to use it. Like, it's just pretty. The same same thing, the one I won in the uh, The draw raffle. before you were part of this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was not set up at all. Um, <laughs> it fucking wasn't. Yeah, dude. dude, it's been sitting in the box. I'm, like, too afraid to use it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. They're just, the calls, I mean, obviously, they're made for a reason. Yeah. Right? But Josh is like, dude, these are 100% like functional calls and, and they sound really good. My cousin's like, dude, it's the best sounding call I've ever had. They sound legit. So he, he's probably going to put a few birds down this coming spring with it. But I had sent him that for getting me on the bird. But anyways, we land, you know, your phone's on airplane mode and, and dude, my phone went off and obviously, you know, Utah DNR or whatever it's called popped up. And I'm like, cool, the results are out. So I look and you don't expect like elk tag was number one. Right, like mm-hmm. the elk drawing was number one on the list, and like I didn't expect to see it, so I just zipped through it, and I was going down like unsuccessful. Deer. I'm like, whoa, wait, I saw a successful, <laughs> <laughs> and like I zipped back up to the top, and I'm like, holy shit, you know, like dude, like instantly was like, oh my, the guy next to me, I'm like, dude, look at this, look at this, and at the time we didn't have middle seats, it was like pre, like right when flights started happening with COVID, and I'm like, dude, check this out, check it out, check it out, and in. He's like, what am I looking at? Because I was kind of talking to him. Anyways, I'm like, dude, I just drew like a once-in-a-lifetime tag. You know? And he's like, what What do you mean? Like, Anyways, shot Brian the text, and it was like mind-blowing that I drew that tag. You know? And it, and it just threw, threw every plan that I had for hunting season out of the water. The, the, the plan wasn't – I wasn't expecting to draw that elk tag. And then when I drew it, I was like – the initial excitement's like, oh shit! Well, now what do I do? Dude, we spoke on the phone for like an hour. I know. After you drew that tag. Yeah, I, it just was insane. So then, instantly, you know, y- your mind starts racing. Your plans immediately changed, and and I think we've talked about it before. Like, and anyone that listens to this podcast as hunting buddies, I'm sure you guys have had conversations with your buddies that have always been like, dude, if I draw this tag or if I draw that tag, like your boys are like instantly yeah i'll go with you you know and that 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 happened between all of us but dude between brian you getting a new job ryan you having your personal shit you were dealing with and timmy something i have no excuse yeah no no there was there was something going on like something had gone on like oh you were planning on going to wyoming oh yeah we had yeah yeah you had some family stuff remember yeah yeah, we were supposed to go to wyoming and then uh once that kind of got canceled i just decided to go ahead and get a tag and yeah, and you went north too. But anyways, it it, it 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 like I had already left, and then you were like, "Oh, I'm just gonna get attacked." Anyways, long story short, it wasn't possible for any of you guys to join me, and that just happens, right? That's life. It's called life. It, yeah, it kind of sucks, dude. Like I, we all want to be there, but yeah, it yeah. just happens, you know. It just it is what it yeah, is. It's just one of those things. So, <laughs> the, you know, over the podcast that were recorded leading up to this hunt, I was like. I'm just going to do it solo. Like, I'll go solo. Like, I know the unit. I know the area. It's rugged terrain. It's it's tough. That's the same unit you shot this buck at? Yeah. Yeah, that velvet buck. Yeah. And I just knew that it was a tough unit. I knew where the elk. I'd seen elk. I'd been in elk. I You know, I was never elk hunting in that unit, but I'd always, like, had an idea. I remember you sending pictures of bulls up there. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you know, my buddies live close. So, like, every time I'm up there, we're always in the local mountains, which is the Wasatch. So, that's always kind of why I've been like, oh, I want to hunt the Wasatch because it's like I relate to it, right? Yeah. And then just as the hunt got closer and closer, my chick is just like, so what's happening? Who's going with? And 
you know, this was before I decided I was going to go solo. And then when we recorded with Bruce, the, the conversation had come up like, hey, what, you know, mm-hmm. what about just getting a guide? And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Like my ego was getting in the way, you know. And so over over the month or two after recording that, like realistic, you know, expectations got in the way. And my my chick was like, hey, I really don't want you to go alone. It's not like you're in D16. It's not like you're in D15. Like you're out there. You're, you know, you're 800 miles away. You're in the mountains. You're not staying in a hotel. You're staying in your truck or on the mountain, you know, like, so she was like kind of pressuring me to like figure it out. And eventually I'd said, look, I don't have any other options. Like I'm either going solo or I get a guide. And she looked at me and just said, you're getting a guide. Like there's no way around it. It was either you're going to get a guide or you're not going to go. So I had to do what I had to do. And a part of me was like super relieved. You know, like it took a lot, took a lot, lot off my shoulders, if that makes sense. Like there, it wasn't so much as, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Like logistics and planning still needed to take place. But like the thoughts, the anxiety about it, the the insecurities about it, the expectations of trying to have a good time. Like I found myself pulling away from the excitement of that hunt. anxiety yeah it took it, over yeah Definitely. yeah yeah and that's exactly what it did and and when i had actually called a handful of guide services and and i'd gotten into contact with a couple of them and i finally just said screw it i'm gonna do it bam and i and i went with it right and i and i got a guide service and and instantly it was like all right rad like here you are brandon you got a you got a limited entry tag like you're gonna be with a guide like, dude, it, it could be an amazing experience, right? Like, that you always think for the best. Like, and I remember talking to Brian, and Brian's like, fuck, dude, you're going to be in Screaming Bulls. You're going to throw patch one at 30 or, what, <laughs> you know, just talking shit. We're just, you know, you know how when yeah. you're excited, you talk, right? And um, hunt day came. Well, no, the opener came, and I wasn't up there because the, the season opened in, like, mid-August, like August 20th or something. Yeah, but I remember you wanted to be in Screaming Bulls. You didn't want yeah. to hunt Quiet Bulls. Yeah, yeah, and and I did actually have an opportunity to go up in August and hunt with Matt. Matt was like, dude, I can give you 10 days, but it was in August. It was like from August 20th to August 30th, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to sit water. Like, as shitty as that sounds, like, and I know it's a super effective way to do it, and looking back on it, maybe I should have invested some time into that. But I wanted to be like, I wanted that elk hunting experience. Like when you watch Born and Raised on YouTube, dude, you want it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not an over-the-counter tag. You know, it was like a, a limited entry tag that I felt as if, you know, I wanted that experience. Regardless if I was going to get it or not, I wanted to put the favor. Uh, I think you're four. All right, I wanted to put the favor. Brian's got to go. The odds sorry, in your favor. Yeah, the to, odds to, were in my favor for to be in bugle and bulls. Correct. I wanted. I that's wanted. The, to that's have the it. dream scenario. Yeah, and and you would think like you get a like Utah's known for, you know, epic hunts. You know, it's kind of like a it's a top three state for for elk hunting. You know, well that's what they say. I mean, I'm no elk hunter, but you know, and, and I wanted to have that experience. So I thought, well, let's go to the end of the season. Like you know, the last. Start looking at the last 15 days of the season. But, dude, like, I shit you not. Like, on the opener that Saturday, <laughs> my boys, they were like, they had buddies that had had the tag, too. And they were telling me the whole time, like, 
get up over here, get in here, like come up, just come up, just come up. And I was like, no, 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 dude, opening day, dude. And I got like three pictures of 320 bulls on the ground. Like, and I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> so instantly what that does is it makes you second guess. Like, oh, am I making, come here, here. Sorry, guys, it's the dog. Come here, down. And um, so it instantly started making me second guess. So, you know, at that point, you know, I started getting antsy, you know, and, and my, the guide, I had five days with him and it was from, it was the last seven days of the season, but I was going to go the first five of that last seven so that I had an option to extend two days. Right. So I had the last two days that if we were in bulls and it was like, yeah, I just couldn't get it done. I could extend those two days. And, um, so I ended up getting antsy and I ended up leaving prior to my elk hunt and I went I'm gonna go up there so I convinced my chick I'm gonna go up there solo four days like be able to hunt four days prior to meeting up with my guide and then like that last night I would be on the mountain before I met up with my guide I'd get a hotel shower up rest up get a good night's sleep and then I'd meet up with my my guide and go from there so like drive up everything's cool I get there I'm in the back of my truck, you know, or I got my truck, you know, so like I go to where I want to go, right where I was planning on going, dude, and like I set up camp, it's that night, I instantly, like the sun hadn't gone down yet, so I'm sitting at my truck and I could glass a ton of country from my truck, and I get on my glass and I just start finding elk, dude, and I'm just like, oh my god, like... Like, epic. <laughs> I remember you sent me a picture of yeah. a bedded bull. Dude, like, yeah, it was like a 300-inch bull just bedded. And I'm like... You were like, I can go after this bull I can right get now. this bull right now. It's like 600 yards. And, and I ranged him, and I'm like, do I go and get this bull? Like, go try to get this bull, or do I just kind of sit back? Because I had already paid for my guide. Like, you, you expect... And, dude, like, I don't know how do I say it. The expectation was super high. I was already in elk. Yeah. I mean, we're talking the first few hours of glassing. I found a bedded bull. I'd seen bulls, you know, two miles away with cows chasing them around, you know, multiple bulls. So, like, I'm sitting here going, like, call your guy to have him help you pack it out. Right. Go and after I, and, it. And I text him. <laughs> and then so we, he would, he would done some preseason or season scouting for this particular hunt. And he was sending me pictures of bulls that he was saying. So he was, this is what he was saying. I have bulls pinned down. If you want to go kill that bull, go kill it. Like, go try to kill it. He's like, I wouldn't because he's not as big as these bulls. But if you want to, go do it. And I'll, if you kill it, I'll help you pack him out. And my guy's name was Eamon. Super cool kid. Like, heard he's a goat. Dude, <laughs> the baddest dude I've ever seen in the mountains, bro. Like, serious. You know, he's 19 years old. He'd been growing up, he'd grown up rifle hunting his whole life. Like, excellent, excellent mountain goat. Right. And, and badass dude. Like, solid so anyways i was like you know what i'm gonna hold off my first night you know like i was ready to go in but i'm just like yeah and the wind was perfect i probably could have got into him and and darted him well you know gave it a good opportunity anyways so that first night goes i get a, i developed a plan like what i'm gonna do i saw bulls go in and they were i didn't know at the time if they were talking like i saw some bulls chasing around some cows but they were just so far away i couldn't hear and I'd always, I had heard some horror stories that like they weren't, you know, all the public land units that I've hunted in, in Utah, bulls don't talk. Well, maybe they do, but where I, where I was, I've never heard them talk in Utah. Right. So I was thinking like, well, maybe these bulls aren't talking. And, uh, 
So I developed a kind of a shit plan just to kind of go in and, and get a lay of the land. So the next morning I get up and these two kids, I shouldn't say kids, they were probably in their twenties. They rolled up as I was getting ready and they parked right next to me at the trailhead. And, uh, they, we started talking and they were cool, cool guys. They're like, yeah, we got a, uh, spike tag, like a cow tag. And I was like, all right, cool. I got the, you know, the LE tag and I'm an out of state or blah, blah, blah. We start talking and, and they're like, dude, let's just go kill a bull. <laughs> and I'm like, let's go. So we went in and, um, well, a matter of fact, let me back up. They, they, they went down the trail first cause they had gotten there and I wasn't so quite ready. And then they, they had left and they're like, we're going to go over here. And I'm, and I was like, I'm going to go over here. So then we ended up, they left. I was probably five minutes behind them. And then they were up on a ridge and I'd seen them like five minutes behind them. Right. And then I was like, what, the, what are they doing? I'm like glassing them up. And then I just hear this, <laughs> like my heart sank, <gasps> you know, like, dude. And then I instantly knew what they were doing. Like they were, they, were, calling them? they were, yeah, they were on elk. And I was like, oh shit, these guys are working these, these elk. So then they had actually, we met up in the middle. Like they had started coming towards me. They were waving me to them. So then we went and they're like, dude, there's a bull in a wallow right below us. There's another bull on that hillside with a bunch of cows and they're screaming. Like, and there was like a couple other satellite bulls that were just talking. And they, they were the first guys that tell me about the wind in the area because there's a big lake and the wind was really finicky. Like it changes, like not with the thermals and stuff, dude. It's like Utah has crazy wind. Yep. Yeah, dude. So like in the morning before the sun comes up because of the lake, the, the air would shoot down the ridges that we were on, but then the sun would start coming back up. And it, but dude, the wind wouldn't shift until like 11 o'clock as the sun crested the, because it comes up from the east, obviously we're on the west, we're on the west side. And then dude, it just played weird shit. Like it was just not normal. So they kind of told me how it works. And then we developed a plan and we went in, dude, we were in elk like instantly. And I was just like, oh my God, like these guys are going to get it done for me. (laughs) Like they were good elk hunters, man. They knew what they were doing and they could call and they, we dropped into this gorge and, and we had a bull coming in and like, I don't, you know, what I come to realize is that the bulls that we were after, they weren't like a bunch of young bulls, dude, for whatever reason, dude, it just seemed like to me that these bulls would never leave the wind. Like they would never commit to something that they couldn't be sure of. Yeah. Like they, Mm -hmm. if they couldn't get the wind right to smell what that was, they weren't, they weren't going to like give you an opportunity to get a shot as I found out throughout the, the time I was there. But anyways, so that was the day with them and <clears throat> no opportunity. We actually had a cow come up and do, they tried to shoot it and it just, it just didn't work. Right. Like the way it, we were sitting, sitting down eating lunch and a cow came out of nowhere with a calf and like stopped at like seven yards and she stank. And it was like, it was almost like <laughs> she'd been pissed on, you know, it was gross, awesome. you know? And uh, I swear, dude, she stank, dude. <laughs> piped now, dude. Yeah, I think she had gotten piped. You know, Russ hitting early over there. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. Well, I mean, it was like, but shit, I want to say it was like the tenth. I mean, I've never drew a good tag in my life, but like everything I've I've seen, and like when you draw those tags, like the animals act like how they're supposed to act. Seemed like it. It's like when you're in a pressured dude unit, you know. Sure as heck, you're hard like to it. turn up. Or yeah, elk are hard to turn up. There was there by no means am I saying like, oh, they were right off the road, dude. We were we were three miles in. It's just you're on a ridge and you're looking at the you're was that like ten thousand feet. So I'm at the top of the mountain, like out like looking out onto a ton of fingers, 
right? So you're seeing different things. Yeah, yeah, from from the from point that I was on where I was camping. That's perfect. So like, you know, you see it, but to get to where they were is like a three mile hike, dude. Yeah. So it's like it's not like I'm right off the road. So we're in three miles, and I don't know if that has a bunch to do with it or not. But it's you're the road hunter ain't getting in there. Yeah. Like you're hiking in. So needless to say, those guys tried to get that cow, and I was trying to work them too, and. Anyways, long story short, man, it didn't work out, and I went back to the truck, and then they, they had to go. They were both – one was a cop, one was a fireman, super cool guys, and, uh, like, I really appreciate them doing what they did, you know, because it wasn't – if it wasn't for them, I'm sure I would have got into talking elk, but I wouldn't have got into them as fast, and I wouldn't have had an idea of what the wind was going to do. I would have lost – you know, I would have had to learn that the hard way, <laughs> you know, as it's shifting. Anyways, the next day I'm in there messing around, and it was like really hot and the elk just kind of quieted up, you know, and, and I had them in the morning. I was trying to get in on them. The wind shifted, you know, rookie mistake. I went in too fast. It was cold that night in Utah. Dude, it was, dude. It was freezing cold. It was cold, man. It was like icing up everything. It was yeah. nice though. But like as soon as the sun would come up, oh, dude, it would shoot up like yeah. 85, you know? So there was a few days and, and, um, I just was never, I'm solo. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm just a YouTube hunter when it comes to elk. And so I gave it my best and anyways, wasn't able to seal the deal. Didn't even really get close. I mean, I got into elk. I just never even had an opportunity. And then so I had to meet up with Eamon, sitting in the hotel, did my plan. We met up, and he's like, look, dude, what do you want to do? And I'm like, look, man, these elk are bugling. Like, they're talking in my area. I don't know about yours. And he's like, well, whatever you want to do, we can do. And I was like, look, you've scouted it. You can't, you're the guide. You tell me, and, and you know what you're doing. And so I opted to go with him. Let's go do your plan. And so we had to drive like two hours south. You know, we did did some moving. And uh, we set up camp and we got there. And, and it was, I'll be honest, it was rifle country for sure. But there were meadows and he had these bulls pinned. Like, dude, he had them pinned. I remember you sending videos yeah, and shit. Yeah, he had them pinned. And um, I just showed up. But instantly when we went in, like there, there was never a sheep in there up until on trail camera it was like four days before we got there they brought the sheep in and what happens when sheep come in dude everything moves out like dude it was like it wasn't like a hundred sheep It was like two thousand sheep were in there and they were all over the hills and dude it was so we we spent two days in there like after the first day i was like all right like that was first day see how day two goes but if i don't see anything on day two dude i'm out of here and i told him i said amen look dude the end of second day, if we don't get into elk, because we were finding elk there on the top, but the problem was it was rifle country. So when you tried to get up on top, dude, you're going like vertical, you know, like 2,000 feet, bro. You know, we're like 8,500 and they're at like 10, you know, and, and it ain't a trail. It's not zigzag. You're going up the face of a mountain, like you're spining it all the way up, you know, and, and dude, we had like 20 miles on us in two days. And it was bad and it wasn't flatland walking. It's so I don't care what boots you got on. I'll be honest. I don't care what boots you have on, dude. You do 20 miles of up and down. You're going to have blisters. I'll mess you up. And dude, I got like effed up bad. I remember you called me that dude, night. Dude, I was like, you're like in the back of the truck. It's the yeah. My feet are fucked. It's just the it's incline, incline constant on yeah. your toes. Just mm-hmm. moving back and forth. And on your heel because you're just yeah. arcing up, you know, and. And I was burning through Luco tape. It was bad, right? And these blisters were popping and ripping off. And then I had open sores on my heels. And then you're just like, oh, man. So, like, day two, I'm like, dude, we're out of here. Like, you can come with me or we're done. 
you know, like the guide service, whatever the fee, don't worry about it. Like I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going back to where I was. And he's like, no, let's do it. This place is junk. His old man was with us for two days. He was up high glassing spotting for us, trying to get us on bulls. It it, it was, it was the right situation for the right time. If, if the sheep weren't there, like if the sheep weren't there, I'm a hundred percent certain, dude, we would have had numerous opportunities. It just didn't work out. So we up and move. We go to my spot, and uh, needless to say, they weren't bugling there. It was just too hot. And dude, I swear it was like 95 there. It was way hotter than where I was, so they weren't talking at all. So we go back to my area, and that night, like, we pull up at noon, and uh, um, I had heard a bull. Like, I had gotten there before him, and I had heard a bull in the canyon that I was next to just ripping off. I immediately text him, and he went home to shower real quick, pick up some shit because he lived in the town near us. And I'm like, dude, get up here. Like, we're going in tonight. Like, I'm going in or you're the here with me or not. I'm going in, right? So he shot up the mountain. He didn't even see that set up camp, I don't think. Like, I can't remember if he did or not. But, like, we instantly grabbed our shit and went, boom. And uh, we got up, like, up on this ridge, dude, and we were glassing into this draw. And when we were in there, they were kind of quiet. But I don't know, an hour before sunlight or sundown, they just started popping off and, and do, we started seeing elk everywhere. And, and, uh, we went in on the, the, like four cows came out and Eamon was like, there's a bull with those cows. Like there's a bull with those cows. So we waited for him to pop up and they're like a thousand yards out. As soon as they popped up, we, we hit the trail, like not even the trail, we just our side hill. And cause we were in kind of this bull. We had to like side hill and drop at the same time. And, uh, we got on them pretty close he was responding he was a good herd bull he was responding but he was pushing his cows he was like Like he ain't gonna leave him yeah he wasn't he wasn't gonna leave him and um we were bugling at him so that was like our first sign of like kind of what was going on like herd bull you know at this time i don't know if it's because it's a not a you know like a crazy elk unit or what but dude what we ended up learning is that you end up bugling at these bulls. They take their cows and run. So anyways, he was pushing his cows. And, but the thing is, is as he pushed them up and over another bull and the other drainage fired off. And then we were just like working that bull and that bull started coming in and do, we ran out of light on that bull. So we were just like super jacked. That was day three. We we're super jacked going, God damn dude, this is going to work, man. Like we're in bulls are screaming and Eamon was pumped and we're just rocking and rolling, right? And uh, day four rolls. And you got to figure, dude, we have three miles in to get there. That's three miles back on top of the 20 miles I had the two days before on top of the every bit of six, seven, eight miles for three days leading up to that. So, like, my feet are tore up. Like, I'm bleeding through my socks. I have no socks left. Like, I'm putting bloody socks back on. Like, I, you know, like yeah. it's bad. Like, I'm hurting. Every step is a, a miserable experience and and dude when i'm pulling luco tape off these wounds it's like oh dude it's horrible we're using sticks hiking trekking sticks, sticks? yeah uh, trekking poles yeah. yeah oh yeah when we're coming out and stuff yeah but slip on ariots they won't leave you no, whatever uh, dude. Listen, <laughs> <attractive spot. laughs> listen i get it i get it but regardless man you're putting some 
some it's serious some stupid like, miles. I remember yeah. you called me it's at one just, point. You're like, dude, I did fucking 11 miles dude, today. I'm beat. It and just like, wore me out. Like we were just beat up. I mean, I don't care how many calories you put in your body. You never put enough in, uh-uh. especially altitude, putting in the miles and you got pounds on your back. Say no Palomar No, Mountain. it ain't. You know, and you ain't day tripping it either. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like you're putting in some serious time and effort there. So that was day three. Uh, day four was basically all day excursion. Dude, we put, that was that day that I was like, dude, I put 11, like, 12 miles on. I remember you were, you were like, dude, I'm just sitting in the back of my truck. I'm eating. I'm fucked. I'm fucked up, dude. dude I, <laughs> I'm like, tired. <laughs> my yeah, I was just so beat up, dude. Yeah. My body started breaking down, and, it, and, I, and I mean, it's really not. You're, it's a mental thing. Yeah, hundred percent. But I'm, I'm in pain. I'm bleeding. Like, yeah. it started wearing on me. And we talk about like the mental toughness you need bleeding. to be a hunter. Yeah, like my my oh, blisters. At that time of the month, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Dude, oh, hey, man. Hey, hey, dude, listen, listen, Timmy. I'm I'm fucking yeah, dude. I mean, dude, it was bad. But anyways. It was. It started like draining on me, and like I said, we talk about the mental toughness on this podcast, and like how important it is to stay focused and just grind and, and tough it out and just get after it because you know soon enough the hunt's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. You're going to be home, mm-hmm. and you're going to be wishing you'd have done more. So I kept telling myself that, and that was the day my chick was like, "How much fucking money did we pay for this?" <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and she's like. You will do this, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, touche, you know, yeah. like my girl's telling me like, hey, Keep you know, grinding. like I, I didn't marry no bitch, you know, essentially like quit <laughs> your bitching, you know what I mean? And, and bring me smoke meat. Yeah. Yeah. That was a conversation we had. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I'm ready to come home, but it, she could hear it in my voice. I, like I'm getting beat up, yeah. like, you know, and uh, day four, dude, we grind, man. And we getting an elk, dude. And like, that was like the, day four was the day that I had actually knocked an arrow. We, um, it was an all day excursion. We gotten into elk, but then, you know, midday quiets down. So we take a nap, eat lunch, all that kind of stuff back into it. We kind of had an idea of where these elk were coming out of, where they're bedding, all that kind of stuff. It just, you know, it takes time to figure this stuff out. So we're like on this bull and we can't get them to come out. So we're like, all right. And then he's shut up. But another bull and two drainages over fires off, dude. And it's like pissed right. We can hear him two drainages over like raking, you know, just like wild shit, man. Like what I mean by drainage, like finger canyons. And, um, Eamon's like, we got to go. And I'm like, let's do it, dude. We got 15 minutes. So it's like a mad dash. And this is like where I made the rookie mistake. And this, it actually scared me a little bit. We get over there. And he's on the other side of a drainage. And we're, we're bugling. He's bugling. We're cow calling. He's fired up. Like, all of this way, like, getting towards him. So he knows he's got cows coming towards him in a bull with those cows moving towards him. So he's all fired up, Ready right? And, yeah, and he is, like, you could tell he had this gurgling bugle dude. Just, like, insane. Like, herd bull without cows. Sounded like that. I mean, they are sounds deceiving, but that's what it sounded like. We get to the drainage or the canyon it's not even a can. It's like just like a fucking ravine that we're on one side. The other side's 70 yards away. Eamon's like, sit right here. He drops down. <laughs> so, yeah, he drops down, goes up to the other side, and the bull's coming in, and uh, the bull holds up at 70. I don't have a shot, but my arrow's knocked. Like, that's my first knock. He takes off. The bull takes off, and we take after him. What scared me and what was my rookie mistake, dude, is I didn't knock that arrow back in. Like, I didn't take that arrow and put it back in my quiver. Dude, and we're, like, 
fallen timber, jumping over deadfall, like dude, like oh, a mad dash to get us in this bull. You know, he didn't wind us or nothing, but he was trying. Remember when I said they don't leave the wind? Trying mm-hmm. to come He's around. trying to get around us. And I'm like fucking sitting there seven, hey man, get, get up, let's go, let's go. You know, like yeah. you're just freaking out. Anyways, it doesn't happen. And he's like, we got to go. So he starts going, I'm going and I have that arrow in my hand. And I get through this down deadfall and all this. I'm all cut up, scratched, you know. <laughs> We're just getting after it, right? And yeah. dude, we got like four it. minutes of shoot light left. So it's already dark. Like, you know how it is. Yeah. Like, it's like you're almost turning your light on in your in your sight. And we get to the other side. He never winded us. He beat us, but he never winded us. So he, it almost feels like if we had just stayed, there was a wallet, wallow below us. If we had just stayed, he would have hit the wallow because when we had gotten up he was in the wallow just fired up pissing on himself and fucking push, push, was he you know? circling up the ravine or circling down he came the down because it, the sun yeah because we were on the west side of the canyon or yeah. the west side of the ridge that we were anyways uh, yeah no, the thermals mean. were going down so he had gotten below us okay but the way the wind was blowing it was coming into that little drainage past the wallow and back up the canyon we were on so uh, he didn't wind us but by the time we had gotten up and around the wind was like blowing straight over them. Did you reset your dial? Uh, yeah. Immediately? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what I did Ooh. instantly. Like when we got to the other side, I just backed it off to 30. And I was like, okay, here we go. Cause I was at 70. I was going to thump him if he stuck out. But I was, once it all calmed down, like, like it was such an adrenaline dump that like I almost got emotional. It was really weird. Like I got like, it scared me because I almost felt like, what if I would have fallen on that arrow? Right? Like, well, the goat would have had to carry you out, and you're a big motherfucker. That would have been difficult. <laughs> and listen, <laughs> I, and, and, and check this out, dude. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, if I would have fallen on that arrow anywhere that like wasn't like a vital, you'd probably be all right. What broadhead was it? A sever. Oh, you'd arrow. be fucked. Oh, yeah, you'd be dead. Is yeah. Expandable? And, yeah. yeah. Oh. Two inch and, and, and that's Ooh. like, I was like, dude, I kind of had to like, I wish Eamon was on the the podcast right now but he would tell you like there was a significant like i recall it as like there was like a significant change in my demeanor where it i went from like super excited like dude we almost killed that bull to almost like i'm done and and i'm like i recall it because it scared me in a sense of like you were so fired up you didn't realize what you just did yeah and it could have been it could have been just like that and i'd be dead it is such a stupid it's like running around with the safety off on your gun with your finger on the trigger jumping through. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. dude, it's yeah. it's not good, you know? Like, and, and it scared me, and it, like, brought me back down. But then I thought to myself, like, I don't know. It's kind of like an outer body experience. Like, dude, did I fall? Am I stuck? Am I alive? Like, it was weird. It was just, like, weird. that My emotions were so high mm-hmm. and so low. And it was just, like, it. it was really weird. So it took me a little while to kind of, like, get back to it and and probably 20 minutes of hiking trying to get out of there i finally just stopped and i was like amen dude i gotta sit down for a minute like and i told him i was like i ran through that deadfall it was like the first time i admitted it to myself like out of my head that like i was jumping over that deadfall with that arrow in my hand and i remember that arrow like all over it the was place. it was all over the place. It wasn't like up high where like I could just ditch it. Yeah. But the scary thing about that is like then my head went like, well, if I would have ditched it and it would have hit something, turned around, I felt like, dude, just, you know, you know <laughs> good, what I mean? Like, good thing yeah. is your fucking arrows are like ninety inches, so 
Probably would have fell in front of you. Yeah, well, I hope. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, dude, so... And he, what he said was, oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and Eamon, Eamon's like a good old boy in a sense that like he's like a real holy guy, right? Like he didn't say one bad word at all. I'm sitting there, motherfucker, God damn it. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just, a, I'm a cussing his own bitch and, it, and it's not good and I shouldn't. And, and like I realized like he doesn't cuss. And he, I, I he got his cu- tent just prayed for you every night. Dude, yep. Eamon was such a solid dude. And, um. You know, he, his emotion, he was so even-keeled, like, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, dude, he didn't let, I mean, he got excited, for sure, but, like, he was able to process during the excitement. He's been in the Oakwoods way more <laughs> yeah, than Yeah, dude, that's exactly what it is, dude. And, and he knew what he was doing, right? So, great kid. And anyways, that was day four, end of day four. Day five, a little bit of the same, except we had been on the west side of the ridge at this point because... His old man showed up, did some spotting, dude, and there's and I got some pictures. I don't know if you ever posted that, Brian, of that bull that I was after. The one that was crossing the meadow? The one that Remy shot. Yeah, that monster one. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that one. Yeah, and, I posted uh, that. I got another picture of him, too. Anyways, um, we hunted him for three more days, and that bull, really, he just kicked our ass. Like, I had him at, I think, like 60 yards. I never had a shot, but I knocked an arrow on that thing like four arrow, four times. I had him at 60-something yards, but I never had an opportunity because Eamon was like, there he is. We were like three yards apart. Arrow knocked, and just I didn't have a shot. I saw hide. I saw vitals, but it was like an eight-inch hole at 60 yards. Yeah. You know, like, and, we, and not to mention, like, we weren't just sitting That's there. That's why and I was Travis does cool. the – the hole in the deer target. No, no, I get it for yeah, sure. You'd have had that. Listen, I thump them all the time. The last one I shot, I didn't. But listen, <laughs> it, 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 this is the thing though. Like, if it was calm, cool, and collective, sure. But dude, we had just tracked this bull. Like, leading up to that, they winded us. That was the only time that bull had gotten wind of us, and they blew out. Bam! But his dad was spotting. So Eamon's old man was like, "Dude, they're two ridges over. Like, they're just feeding. They're out of your wind. You're good." Like, so we started moving, moving quick. You still hitting that shit? Yes, sir. You swallowing that? Uh, he always the, swallows in the bottom. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Brian always swallows a dip. I was gonna say what street you live on, but never mind. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I just uh, it's in the bottom of that. Uh, don't worry about. It. But anyways, <laughs> that I had we had moved probably four hundred yards, and it happened so fast. It was not enough time, and I literally had him for three seconds. Like it wasn't. It wasn't. Like I wouldn't even have done it. And I'm like kind of risky on my shots, and I'm telling you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if I had another opportunity. But you know, I had a ton of, ton of experience. That bull came in on me and Eamon three different times, like solid three times, where I thought I was going to get an opportunity at him. I made a few mistakes. The wind. No, I never was. I what? never was buck. Like no, I never drew my bow back. Never had an opportunity to draw back. Like this bull would be hung up in timber, 60, 50, 40. Never show himself. And the timber's thick. Like oh, yeah. it's thick. You don't want to you know? the timber. Right? Yeah, you, you can't. Dude, I mean, if you listen, avoid it. This guy was so big. Like, I'd shoot a milk jug at 40 yards, right? So, I I mean, people would say, oh, you're stupid. But, dude, I, I'd probably take a frontal shot at 30 yards. You know? No problem. Like, you know? And, and I, had, I told myself that numerous times. You get a frontal shot, and it's a good shot. You're going to take it. You know? Like, you're going to get an arrow in this bull. And I, you know, I just never got an opportunity to draw my bow back. 
and whether that be wind, mistakes that we made, or just it's, it's hunting. hunting. It's fucking honey, dude. Hunting. That's yeah. it, man. Like that's the bull right there, right? Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, that's it, dude. But you know what? Jesus, like that just goes to show. I don't care if you have a fucking guide, dude. It doesn't matter. It's fucking hunting. It's hunting. Like nothing's guaranteed, bro. And like I don't know if you want to mention the guide service's name, but that is like in the top three best guide yeah. services in Utah. Yeah, it it dude, without a doubt. Oh, he's a monster. Yeah, and it just uh, it it's hunting, dude. And I don't know what else to say. Like, I gave it my all. I put the miles in. I put the time in. Like, there was no quit. I mean, if there was conversations with me and Eamon for sure. Like, I'll I'll be honest with the listeners. Like, I was so beat up that there was legitimate conversations between me and Eamon where I was like. Dude, I don't want to go home. Like, I was just so mentally beat up. Yeah. Like, and he was like, no, you don't. And I'm like, you're right. God damn. He's like, eat your food. Sit down. You'll be all right. Like, you'll be all right. Let's eat. And then we'd eat. And then, you know, because you got, when I, when I tell people, like the listeners, when I tell you guys, like you're burning calories that you don't think you have, I mean it. Like, I went up there for 10 days. Well, nine days. Okay. I lost a solid eight pounds. Like, I lost yeah, a you're solid. Skinny yeah, you were came back. Dude, I lost so much weight. And it wasn't, like, I came home and, like, looked at myself in the mirror. And I was like, God damn, I thinned up. Like, I thinned up quite a bit. And then, it, like, you know, leading up, I was still sore. So I took a couple of days off the gym. I went to the gym. I was significantly weaker yeah. than when I left. <laughs> like, it was the <laughs> wildest thing. And I was like, dude. You know, you could eat two mountain houses or two peaks a day. You can eat peanut butter and crackers for snacks during the day. You could eat all this shit. Dude, when you're climbing elevation and you're putting in the miles to where, like, your fucking socks are bloody, dude, every day. And you're, you know, and your day-to-day attitude is based on the amount of leuco tape you're able to put on your feet and toes because they're just blown apart. Dude, you're burning calories, man. Like, I don't know, man. It just... Dude, I... It whipped me, bro. I'll be honest, man. It whipped me, and that was the hardest. And I know I've said, like, oh, I've had hard hunts. Dude, that hunt was the hardest hunt I've ever been on in my life, ever. And I, I, it would be a hard, you know, obviously, I'm not, like, the most experienced hunter. But if I have another hunt like that, Jeepers Creepers, bro. <laughs> like, oh, I don't even. <laughs> I mean, I look back on it now, and I'm like, man, it was so life, amazing. Huh? It was great. Like, Dude, screaming bulls, like, you're not, like, right now, I'm, like, fine, you know? But, dude, when I was sitting in my chair, you know, or in camp or whatever, I'm just, like, I just hurt. Like, I just (laughs) hurt, dude. He goes elk hunting. He goes elk hunting once. He's got a Bass Pro hat on. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I tell you what. (laughs) Yeah. But, no, man, it was was an amazing experience. And How much do you think you learned on that hunt as far as getting back out there, even with a cow spike tag. Um, I would do it. And I, I learned a lot. I feel like I could definitely be in them. I know that, you know, I think there's a time and place for bugling. I think there's a time, literally, I feel like, you know, when you see these guys on YouTube, just ripping bugles, you know, they're just good buglers or they're in good units or, or it's the perfect timing. But generally speaking, man, when in doubt, just cow call. Like, I think cow calls the keys, you know? Something that I got to see in Arizona last week that I thought was pretty cool is heard an elk bugle, and then 
all of a sudden I started hearing cows and I thought someone was calling. I was like, mm-hmm. there's no season open right now. Right. I didn't think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, someone has to be cow calling, but they're cow calling a lot. This bull had come up over this ridge. And as soon as I spotted him three, 400 yards away, he was following six cows. This cow heard a bugle off in the distance that I didn't even hear. Right. And then, so she starts coming down the canyon towards us. And then all of a sudden I hear a bugle rip 300 yards away on the other ridge line. Yeah. And I look over this giant bull standing there. Didn't move. Mm-hmm. He bugled one more time, and that cow drug that other bull over one ridge into the next finger and then brought the two bulls head-to-head to fight. That's mm-hmm. that video I just posted. Oh, yeah. That shit dude, was crazy. Dude, she she heard the bugle that I didn't even hear until he got closer, and then she brought the two bulls together to fight. That dirty. Yeah, that dirty girl. Cow. That dirty girl. <laughs> oh, but man. it was no, one of the coolest, like one yeah. of the coolest that video, things. That wasn't just a regular. Dude, those bulls were going at it. No, I have, I have six videos like, like that. Fighting, man. Like to the death. That's what it looked like. Those bulls hated it each just, other. It, it, you know, it was just an experience, guys, that, you know, obviously you, we always leave home when we go out of state or we leave camp to fill our tags, right? And, and I always try to, like, be optimistic about hunts, and I always try to look at the, the good sides and, like, the positive aspects of hunts, and I always be like, well, you you never want to, like, leave a hunt on a negative note, right? Like, I can't help but feel a little jaded about – you pissing again, Dave? Dude, two okay. white claws. Look at this, this guy. Yeah, he drinks two, and he's like – Breaks a seal, yeah. yeah. It's like a fire hose. But, like, I can't help but feel a little jaded in a sense of, like – I wish I there's a few things that like I kind of wish I would have done a little different. But that's part yeah. of the learning curve. I, well, I know. I know. And and I I have way more positive experience like experiences out of that hunt than I do negative. Like the, the I think everybody finds negative in every hunt. Like I, I think that's just honey. Like you have your ups and downs, right? I feel like there's a couple instances where I wish I would have had a friend in camp and not because I needed a friend. I mean, I already had a guide service, you know, I wish I had had a friend in camp to talk to me the way I needed to be talked to when I was down. If that makes sense. Well, you didn't have any service. We all on the way up to Utah and in Utah, we all talked to each other a bunch, yeah. pumping each other up. Yeah. We talked on the phone for 40 minutes mm-hmm. when I was driving through St. George. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, like Timmy, if you were with me, right. I mean, the, the some vulgar words probably would have come my way if I'd have been telling you, like, dude, I'm just beat up and I'm like wore out and and. Oh, I would have given you an earful. You, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that, that, that. I feel like because friends, you you can you, be honest. You can be honest, dude. Eamon, first of all, didn't say a bad word the whole time. You know, not that I wish he did, but I wish he would have been like. Look here, pussy. <laughs> you get know? your shit together, like, bro. Get your shit together, dude. You're here three more days. You know? I mean, and he did in a roundabout way, for sure. No, it's not, it, that's not it, how we need to hear right. it. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's not the way I relate, right? And, and like I said, Eamon, God bless him. Kid's great. I still talk to him to this day. Like, I'm going to hunt with that kid again. Awesome kid. I just wish that, you know. I we all have. talk shit to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah You're sure. like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to go out Saturday morning. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You're going <laughs> out. Sure. Like, oh, you fucking flakes into your frosty flake. Fucking <laughs> meme, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I don't go. You Tony know? the Tiger. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, we all, but that, that type of stuff, that's why you need friends in camp. But like I said, that's just like some of the negative aspects of it. But overall, man, it was an amazing experience. I came home and I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I didn't, that it wasn't a success. 
like obviously we always want to fill a freezer and I wish I'd have a bull in my freezer. I wish I'd have a Euro here or, or if it was a herd bull or whatever, I'd have it mounted. Ed would be doing it right now. Like there's certain aspects that I wish would have happened, but overall, dude, like I met some badass dudes up there that are from California out of Apple Valley. Hopefully we get them on. Um, super sick dudes. I met a, a friend in Amon. You know, his old man was badass. Like there's, there's. His old man cuss? No, none of them did, dude. No, no they were cool guys. I you, dug you were the devil from California. I, I was pretty bad. Like, <laughs> Don't move here. I'm like, listen, we're, we're like-minded. He's like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> well, yeah, you got a fucking pretty cool experience. Dude, it was it, great, dude. man. And I think just the expectation of it being a limited entry, you know, the yes. it was, the tag you got, mm -hmm. that's obviously going to have some, you know, if you don't fill your tag, you yeah. have some negative thoughts about it, dude. Absolutely. But I think, dude, you know, the experience you get out of it, it sets you up for next year. You Dude, know, that's the they, thing. There's, they, if you were to say, like, <clears throat> was it what you expected? Absolutely. Like, I, I wanted to get into screaming bulls. I wanted to be into elk rutting. I wanted to have that experience that you watch on YouTube. Like, I wanted to have that. And I got it. That's Dude. I freaking so got about, it, dude. Your first year elk hunting, man. dude. It was I mean, great. Well, technically second, but yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah, dude. A bull, right? Dude. Well, you in the past you've hunted like the D sixteen of oh yeah elk units of elk units, yeah. But you know. dude, it's like it just goes to show like you went to a like a, a coos unit mm -hmm. that you can draw every year, mm -hmm. and you went out and shot like what you would call like a 190, 180 yeah. fucking mule deer, mm -hmm. but in a coos, you know, and you went out to a limited engine. It's hunting. You know, yeah. you, nothing's guaranteed. Even if you have a damn guide, I don't care what you say. Yeah, absolutely right. Like, I can draw a strip next year and not tag out. Yep. It's just, and that's it's, the it's thing. Hunting. That's what Travis Bowman says. The reason why he goes out cow hunting in Utah is because of that. He gets to learn behavior. That way, when he does draw a good tag, he'll know what to do. Yep. So I, I took that and ran with it. Ran with it. You're ran absolutely going right. To Utah. And, dude, I'm telling you right now, like, I've talked to Travis numerous times about this, and he's 100% right. I feel as if if I'd have been hunting because when I went, you know, three years ago cow hunting with that spike tag up there and like D sixteen of elk hunting, I was able to poke a poke a cow that unfortunately I wasn't able to recover. But you know, if I feel like I feel like if I'd have been on a, any like a spike only unit in elk every year leading up to this tag, things probably would have been different. Could have been different. Could have been different for yeah. sure. The, the odds would have been in my favor that they yes. would have been different. And your mental state, I think, would have been just more trained. That's what it is. Because that's the biggest thing Ryan. that I learned too. You know, is just you can talk about mental toughness all day long, but when you're yeah. out there getting ground mm -hmm. out by those miles, man, and just uh -huh. not hearing bugles, dude, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> you guys that'll know, defeat dude, you real quick. This is the funny thing, dude. Like, I was, it was probably like day six, and I was just so beat up. And I was like falling behind the mountain goat. Like, and I was just like almost like dirt rider when he's behind me, just kind of like slow and steady. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the mountain goat just blowing up that mountain. And I was hurting so bad. Like, I literally went back to the days of like when I used to fight, you know, and like wrestle, and like compete and embrace the suck and just know. embrace it. And I remember just getting the shit beat out of me and just keep going, just keep going, just getting beat the fuck up by like dudes that were just way better than me. Right. And I just keep grinding, keep grinding. I had to like get into that like mental space to be able to complete what I was doing. It's dude. like the pain cave. Like yeah, yeah, man. Like you, like you said, Tim, you had to like, just embrace it. You have yeah. to enjoy it. That's like a hunting filling tags is super cool, but you have to enjoy the outdoors because mm -hmm. if you don't enjoy yeah. the outdoors and you're not going to push yourself through the suck to see the awesome that's on the next ridge to, 100%. to experience, you know what that hunt could be. 
So you have to be able to to embrace it, dude. Was oh. there, what's up? Was there a bunch of cattle in that unit too? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like thousands, but there was probably a hundred or something in there. Oh, okay, it was fun. They were cool. Like you know, I hate cows. Issues. I got yeah, attacked I mean, by a baby cow. They they that like we ha and they just I got ran away. through a fence by a cow. I hate cows. Me too. Yeah, I mean, you know, fuck cows. Shoot them. But like overall, cows. overall, I'll tell you right now, like. That was an epic experience, and I would do it over again. I'd, I'd probably. You will in 15 years. Or 25. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't apply for five years in Utah. Is that what it is? Yeah, five years you can't apply. Can't and apply it, for five? I thought it was yeah. one year. No, it's five years. Even with like a spike or a cow type? No, I can get it over the counter. Oh. But well, maybe. Oh, no, got, no, I can. You got Arizona, Colorado, yeah, yeah. Nevada. I could do a bunch, but I'm just saying like in, yeah. in Utah, I'm done with limited entry. But for five years, and then you got to, however long it takes to draw after that. But yeah. That's why it's like a once in a lifetime. I wasn't supposed to draw that tag for 20 freaking years. I'm going to draw that tag next year and shoot a raghorn. I would go. Just for fun. <laughs> dude, I, was, I remember like like seeing Eamon's pictures of those bulls he was sending you. I'm like, fucking Brandon's going to go up and shoot the first fucking thing. I know, dude. I was like trying to tell you, hold out, hold out. And I'm like, dude, no, man. Fuck no, I'm shooting I'm like, spike. dude, I'll shoot a 150 bull. And Eamon, I was telling Eamon like when we first got, he's like, no, you won't. I'll take your bow. I'm like, you're going to be 40 yards away from me. You get that thing in here, he's getting a hole in him, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm going to take your bow. <laughs> you know, but like I said, uh, it was a great time, man. I had an amazing time. Um, I can't complain, and it was an awesome experience. And that right there was my 2021 limited entry Utah Archery Elk Wasatch Tag. Well, I guess you couldn't say there was no elk in there because there's a ton of elk in there, dude. But fucking elk. It was, it was, it was amazing, man. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. To be honest, a- any of the other things I left out, I'm going to keep that between me and that hunt, you know, and just kind of hold that tight. And and other than that, man, it was, it was epic. What are you hiding? Were you epic. crying or at one point or? No, I I had, I had said on the podcast when I'm like, I felt like I almost killed myself. I got a little emotional, but after that, like no, it dude, was, that was it. We already yeah. went over that. It was just that time of the month, the emotions, dude, the bleeding. Dude, it just it is what it is. Probably don't follow no, no, I'm not saying you, like bro. I straight dropped <laughs> down and cried, bro. But no, like I literally took a I took a seat and was just kind of like <laughs> took a knee. Yeah, I'm like just like yeah. re, you know yeah. reliving it, what man. had happened, make sure I wasn't fucking dead. You know, like yeah. that's all. Yeah, well, but that's well, it. That's all. You live and learn. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. You guys got anything else for me? We're rolling on 55 minutes. Oh, man. Uh, next time's going to be. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Next Dude. time is going to be perfect. Yeah, next time. So. Next time we're going gonna... gonna to be eating elk steaks while we're recording a podcast. Oh, it'd be great. Right? Yep. Well, listen, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. All you fans, we're out. <laughs>